welcome to the Deep Dive. We are there. Grand final review. How are you, Mr. Smith? I'm great, Trent, mate. What a great, great grand final. We finally yeah. got one. We got one. Amazing game. So it seems strange. We're back in the, the podcast, just you and me. It's no beyond the game, no lights, no camera, no action, no Mr. Mr. Ed. Not that I don't enjoy Mr. Ed, but it's uh, different. It's We're it's back good to the to, old days. Yeah, it's good to bum out a bit and, I don't know. Drink wine. Yeah, just chill out, be a, bit, uh, a little bit looser. And be talking about uh, arguably game. only one of probably two or three really, really good final games for the series. But oh, it was certainly this year, yeah. yeah, yeah. Massive game. So, yeah, this will be this episode. So we're going to do two episodes tonight. We'll do the grand final review. And then we'll also do a trade kind of preview thing. We won't, won't go sort of too heavily into the trades because we will do week by week breakdowns of it. But we just wanted to do a little bit of a preview for that as well. So before we get into the grand final review, massive thanks to our mates at Hopster Home. So the new packs from September for Hopster Home is amazing. So massive, massive range of incredible beers for the first time. Um, Hopster Home, they do a craft beer delivery service. So we've got at the moment Old Wives Ale. So Hair of the Dog, which is an XPA we're drinking tonight, which is a really, really nice beer. So Northside, I'm pretty sure Old Wives Ale. Yes. And this is very spring type of beer. Uh, It's nice and floral. Mm. Got a nice, very subtle hop um, profile to it. So it's quite easy drinking for those people who are sort of transitioning from uh, more commercial beer into craft beer and aren't too... uh, sort of sure if they like hoppy beers this is a really yeah. good example um, and most XPAs are sort of in that mold different styles yeah that's it so Hopster Home they, they showcase some small breweries big breweries lots of different interesting styles definitely worth checking out hopsterhome.com.au and we're still running the promo with AFL Deep Dive so if you use in the promo code when you get your first pack AFL Deep Dive you get $20 off which is a pretty good deal that's you get a great deal really really well priced beer and then, you know, you can see how you go with the rest of it. But you'll love the service. I'm sure you'll stick with it. It's really switched on. Yeah, nothing better than getting craft beer delivered fresh to your front door. To the door, to the door, always to the door. So let's bang into the review. Actually, now, before we do, brief sort of um, housekeeping. So there won't actually be a Beyond the Game episode this week, speaking of Beyond the Game before. So Beyond the Game, he, Mr. Ed, is in Vegas. Vegas for um, big... U, uh, UFA, no, UFC, no, UFC, UFC whatever it. the some fighting match. three letters arranged, and I'm pretty sure it's UFC. Yeah. So these, yeah. So he's gone over there for a big fight. Um, he's not in the fight. He's going to film it. Good thing he's not in it. He's a big guy, but I think he might lose. Um, yeah, he'll stick to what he's guys. really good at, which is um, production. And look, filming. We're, we're not really into this sort of stuff, but yeah, I think it's Conor McGregor and some other nutcase. I don't know, not sure, but he's if over. If, yeah, if you're into that apologies, type of cage fighting or whatever yeah. it's called. <laughs> Look at look out for him on um, Facebook and Twitter, uh, and, Twitter stuff. and stuff. But yeah, yeah he, he's all over it. But check out Beyond the Game. I mean, yeah, look, obviously you guys are listening to this being hardcore into AFL. He does heaps of AFL content. So he did some. He did a little bit of an interview with Josh Gibson as the Premiership Cup holder, all sorts of stuff. So check out Beyond the Game. Um, really switched on guy that we do videos with each week. We will do. So he's going to be back. I don't think we're going to be able to do... I'll have to look at the dates. I, I think, don't think it's a couple of weeks. Yeah, so it's going to be at least... Uh, let's just say after the trade period, we'll do a video trade review like of the whole trade period because I just think, yeah, again, he'll definitely be back by then and then we can, can lock that in. So, But let's do a review of the grand final. So obviously grand final a few days ago. Apologies, we couldn't get one up sooner, but um, we just didn't get a chance for the two of us to get into the one room. But... Enormous games, obviously, Eagles beat the Pies 79-74, to 11-13, So, really one of the classic games of the last, I think, certainly of the last 10 years. Uh, I, I heard a lot of people saying it's the best grand final since 2010. For me, I think a lot of people forget how good 2012 was, but I think I'd have to watch that game again, obviously. It's too hard to, you know, compare. But that said, it's definitely in that echelon of games for me. Yeah, look, for me, it's right up there with the Dogs... Giants prelim from yeah. a couple of years ago. Uh, you just you didn't know who was going to win this until right right at the end. So, and for the first time in a, in a while, uh, completely no emotions attached to this. And it's not because I don't like either of these clubs. I'm just don't have any 
sort of big no, effect. You don't for, backfire yeah, it wasn't like yeah. last year with Richmond being so long since their last premiership. Um, got a, you as a good mate, as a Richmond supporter. My dad's a Richmond supporter. There was a bit more emotion involved in it. Same with the Doggies year before. They hadn't won yeah. for such a long time and all that type of stuff. So it's nice to watch a really high-quality game. That was the other good thing about it. The skills and the pressure were both there right from the get-go. That's it. So we wanted to have a bit of a chat about the game because obviously it was such a massive game and there's so much to talk about. We are going to do club by club. So if you listen to this and you're, you know, you're back for another club, we are going to do club reviews at the after the trade period. So we will do a 2018 season review for every club, but we're just going to focus on, on the final game. And then we will, I'm sure we'll touch on the grand final again by the time we get to Collingwood and West Coast, but that's going to be at least sort of three to four weeks from here. So obviously yep. enormous game. So it starts and... So I tipped the Eagles just, you went with the Pies, and I mean, yeah, I mean, it was obviously as close as it could have gone. It could have gone to either team. It was, in, I mean, for me, like a massive takeaways. Like, it was incredible to see Collingwood pretty much nearly win the game, and you can argue Gormer should have won the game, you know, in the back end of the, of the game there. But, I mean, when Sidebottom, Grundy, and Pendlebury, all three of them don't have massive games, and yet they're in this game up to their necks. Yeah. I thought it was pretty impressive. And to be five that five goal onslaught to start the game was incredible. Went, and then throughout the match you saw little bits of fifteen like obviously um, Darling dropping the mark late in the game in the goal square was a, yeah. the p- pivotal one that could have turned it. <laughs> and you thought, wow, <coughs> but uh, obviously to their credit the Eagles just chipped away at that margin. Yeah. And then their guns started to play. I mean, Shuey obviously for me was an out and out star and deserved winner of the norm mm. he was like in the uh, 15 grand final he was probably on on ball and right on song right from the get go mm. there and just was for me and obviously a lot of other play, people a four quarter um, player probably the only one that played real real well right across all four quarters so yeah. he's now he's he's elite for them. if he if anyone had any doubts he, he's he's gone to that next level because he just steps up in big games for them that's the constantly. Thing. Whatever he is, that's the thing. And like, there's just so many stories out of this game. So I guess we'll try to start from the beginning, but we, I'm sure yeah. we will sort of dart here and there because there's just so much to talk about. It's one of those games. But I mean, right from the very beginning, so the banner breaks, the, the Pies banner just rips. Yeah. And one thing I would say is, I, I can't understand it. Wasn't that windy of a day? Can we just like just park the... The conversation for a second. It wasn't that windy of a day. Surely they would lo- use the same glue every time they make a banner. Why, why did that one fall apart? I, I don't understand. Like it seems it's, unbelievable it's, to happen it, on the day. Right, but it stayed, did they change their routine? Just like staying seems... consistent with the Collingwood theme of Nightmare. the year, where something breaks down at some point. So. Yeah. Obviously, someone in their back line or the midfield has gone down throughout the year, and it's been a patchwork since day one of this season. So it was a bit ironic that that went down, and Bucks had to condole the head cheer person that is in charge of the band. Yeah. She, she was a bit upset. Well, well done to Bucks. I mean, so like I was really going for Bucks. I, mm. I, he's probably my only. We're talking about emotional investment. He was probably the only emotional investment because I think he's just been. Amazing all year against you know complete adversity last year. I think I think a lot of media treated him really poorly last year. Um, I, look at times I definitely thought he probably needed to go to some degree, but and we were pretty. But I think you and I have been consistent on being pretty critical of a lot of the overarching aspects of Collingwood rather than him specifically. So I, I don't, I'm not one of those people that said yeah Bucks needed to leave. It's pretty awkward, you know, at the start of the game. With um, you know, old mate Tony like shaking his hand there, Mister Shaw, and you know he was he was banging on about how he needs to go. I think I saw him take the knife out. It was in there deep, and he just sort of pat him on the back for a while and had to pull it out. So yeah, look, I've always been a a fan of Bucks, especially as a great player, but a great player, and he was forthright in his position even under pressure in those dark days of the last few years. Yeah. And that's what made me think that he's the right person for the job. It's just a matter of the players switching into the plan and, and all being there think, together. So I, I, I think he was always the leader. Yeah. And I don't think any players had any 
animosity. There might have been one or two, but who isn't when you're in a big club and when you're talking 50, 60 people, there's always going to be one or two that doesn't necessarily get along. But yeah. I think the most important thing was that they believed in his plan on field and they stuck to their roles. Because you, you look at the other side of it. So you have a look at, you know, I don't think Bucks... Like for me, so there's two phases. I don't think that I don't think the players were clearly didn't transition into Bucks post Malthouse and that Rat Pack and a lot of those guys. I, don't, I just don't think they they clearly never got along with Bucks ever. Uh, and then the reality is they never got along with him clearly as a head coach, let alone prior to that. So they never made that transition. So it took him time to be able to get the group that he wanted. And then he started to get towards it, and then he got completely hampered by injury. Yep. So that's the second phase. And then now, you know, I think they actually, to me, yes, a lot of Pies fans will say, well, no Scharenberg, you know, this and that. But, they, but at the same time, they've had a bit on the park this year, and they've had some stellar seasons by a lot of these hot players. But yeah, look, you know, obviously, it set the scene, you know, Richmond's losing that prelim so Collingwood you know getting over the, the team that Sone Hoople said was was un, you know un, you can't beat them especially at the G but they they did it they got over them and so it just it just had everything it was the, you know also that so West Coast are actually the first West Australian side to go undefeated in Victoria across an entire season so this is the first time yeah, wow. a WA side has done it so this year they're 5 and 0 in Victoria so it's actually never happened until this year. And it's great because A now sort of lays to rest any notion that the MCG is an advantage over and above playing well, anywhere they else. They didn't lose there this year. No, they didn't lose there this year. Mm. So I think... And they I beat, mean, the, they beat all huge. the top four. I didn't know that. That's massive. So I wrote down a few stats that I think yep. you'll like. So that's another one. I mean, the fact that they beat all the top four, yep. everyone they played in the top eight, they beat. Like, that's the thing. West Coast, like... I mean, I, I that's why I tipped them. Because I was like, look, they, they've faced adversity pretty much the entire time. And I just don't see another 2015 happening again. And yes. then the game started. And you and I... So we watched the game together for the audience. And we both looked at each other and we were like, oh, wow. no. All year. We've been waiting for a great we've, game. <laughs> and we've had a pretty average final series. And last year's wasn't that great either. And we've been you know, desperate for a really good game. Mm. It's without a doubt. I mean, you can't... Going back, I mean, look, 2016 was, was really exciting because you had the emotion of the Dogs winning. And then, you know, Richmond as well. But Richmond really controlled the Crows a lot of the day. The Dogs-Sydney game was at least a little bit closer. 15 was, was a, you know, was really a bad yeah, 15 game. And- 14. 14 was pretty average too. Yeah. So Freer were in it for bits. People forget that. It was but just it, a really boring it was, game. It was an exciting game, yeah. no. Boring then, is batshit. Yeah, and then and that's coming from someone that you know follows Hawthorne. But then 2012 was exceptional. Yeah. It was an it exceptional game. It had everything. 2011, I thought, was still pretty damn good. Like, I, I mean, Col- Collingwood were well into it until the back end of the game. And then 10 was obviously incredible. And we yeah. obviously can keep going back. But the point is that we, you know, we, we both were like, oh, no. Like, because it was five flat and we thought oh here we go go. literally flat and it was like oh my god it's 15 all over again but then all of a sudden something that's hurt Collingwood all year is these goals in red time as they say and they got West Coast got those two goals late and oh no like that's when I thought here they come Collingwood I remember thinking at the end of the first quarter I thought Collingwood are going to lose this game just it just felt, felt like that, that way, didn't, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. You thought that because they've, they've had this exciting start, they've been really good, but I saw almost nothing from Sidebottom, Penelbury, Grundy early, and I thought, oh no, like they're going to be okay and they'll get they'll just fall down because your Kennedy's, your, your darling eventually will get there and then they'll, they'll, they'll just, yeah, it's just going to be too difficult. So, yeah, the narrative of this game was just, was just crazy. Varco's first goal was enormous. So that, that's the thing. So, Huge emotion, obviously, and you and I were like, wow, what a start. Like, you know, just like 2011, he kicked the first goal in 11 as well. Super exciting. But yeah, West Coast, just they, they were just so nervous to start, don't you think? Like, they were just so tense, and, and they were just playing within themselves, and their structures were really poor, and a lot of their stars, like you, Yo, were just getting beaten. Yeah, there was, there was a lot of signs that in 2015 was stuck in the back oh. of the head of a few of those players. Yo... And not so much. Sorry, Shuey was fine. Um, Kennedy, Darling, yeah. they just they just felt like they couldn't get in the game. The ball didn't bounce their way, and that probably culminated in them sort of dropping a little bit. But then obviously Simpson 
being the coach that he is and knowing the game as well as he does would have had that little pep talk. Those goals late helped give some momentum back to them. And then yeah. you can see in the second quarter, sort of balanced out a little bit. And then as the third quarter rolled in, you could see that the the Eagles' momentum was starting to really take up. And mm. and the Pies were the ones starting to just lose it a little bit. They, the, the calls weren't going their way. The ball wasn't bouncing their way. And they were starting to look tired. Well, the pie's speed just hurt them really early as well. Mm. Like that, they were they were able to switch so much faster. There was so much more on, and Dagoe was just electric. Anywhere it could be, yeah. Like that, that was when it was like, oh my god, this guy could be anything. And that was the thing you always heard about him. But you always thought, well, you know, there's the dog, and there's all this sort of whack stuff. But then he's he's shown a lot, obviously, this year. He's been a lot better. But that was unbelievable. That was like, hang on a second, could this guy be A grade? Like that was the thing. Like he was showing so much on the big stage. Yeah, it's so exciting. Like it, the first quarter was great. No, exactly, yeah. But the first quarter was was super exciting. You know, so final scores in that first quarter, so two, two to five, one. So that's the thing. Like had they held off at least one of those junk time goals, then that's it. There's the game. Yeah, basically, yeah. Yeah. So second quarter, I mean, West Coast was significantly better. Pies going from five one to six three, so not really doing much in the second quarter. Second quarter wasn't a heap to watch, and then it just became a shootout after that, which was great. But the, the second quarter was four three six three. So West Coast just sort of you know knocking it back and just sort of you know slowly yeah. working their way into the game. Yeah, you can see it's a competition. There's a game on with, oh. with only two goals in it. That's the thing. I mean, I thought in that second quarter, though, the Pies really capitalised on, on bad matchups as well. Like, there was a, I still thought West Coast weren't quite on. Like, there was a bunch of, either created by Collingwood to some degree, but there was just a bunch of really poor matchups, you know, that I thought West Coast went with or, or got caught out with. Yeah. And then the Pies really capitalised on that well. You know, obviously, you know, Langdon, I thought, was unbelievable early. Certainly in the first and second quarter, he, he was just amazing. But... I mean, side bottom early. I mean, like Hutchings just owned him, didn't he? Like that was the thing. I mean, it just aside from, I think he like it's it's hard because I think he actually was a bit cooked anyway. I don't think it's just Hutchings. What do you think? Like, do you think like looking at him, he looked hampered, didn't he? Oh, he looked like he just had a very massive finals and yeah. <laughs> massive year. So, which he had, he obviously took out um, best player of the final series. If you didn't hear that. And rightly deserving, but uh, look, Hutchings is—he's um, done numbers on a handful of really good mids throughout the year. So I think it's a bit of both. Probably leaning a little bit more to Cybon being a little bit overworked, yeah. and tired, and just fatigued more so. But I don't like taking away from a, a good player. That, that oh no, of course not. I don't want to criticise him because he—that's he, not a bit... criticism. It's more about okay, it's had the... it been the week before in yeah. a prelim, would he have owned Cybon like he did? Probably not. Pendlebury clearly saw, I mean, we don't really know the full extent. He obviously had the, the illness towards the back end of the year, but clearly saw never got quite right throughout this final series at all. No. And it's a real shame because he's been such an elite player to miss him in this in this window. Yeah, so hurt. hopefully they give him a really long extended break before preseason. Oh, I'm sure they will, yeah. Uh, but it just goes to show the depth that Collingwood have at the moment. Obviously, they're right in it, as you said. Yeah. And that's because your Trelaws, your Dugowies... And uh, Greenwood, all these younger guys that come. Well, Greenwood through. was okay, actually. He got criticised a bit, but I actually thought he was. I thought okay. he was, especially early on. He he was um, stopping most of the things that were coming into that forward line. So yeah, uh, I just think yeah, there's a lot a lot to like about Collingwood for next year. Oh, they're going to be huge. But I mean, like the other thing too is you and I spoke about early, especially in the second and first first second quarter, but really in general. Grunge just wasn't as dominant, and it was really obvious really early, and that's such a big part of their game. Absolutely. Like he, he, he murdered Richmond. Like, he murdered Nankervis. Like, he, it was just I dead, thought he dead was, on the ground. And I thought he was going to take that into the grand final. Oh. I picked him as the norm. That's how, I thought, that's how much dominance I thought he was going to have, but he didn't. It wasn't Again, a bad pick, but I'll tell you what, like, they just didn't show it, did they? Yeah, and Vardy and um, Lysette, again, mm. just sort of did their, their thing and fed their, their midfield. Uh, towards the well, especially in the second half, yeah, and they got on top. So, and mm. nullified Grundy's uh, yeah, experience and exposure to his team. So, I think once we got to the second quarter, though, I mean, West Coast's spread was just so much better. Like, that's the thing. Like, they, they started, started getting, to get their run on. Like, they started to play that marking game that they play. Yeah, they started and, playing their control game, the yeah. game that they like. Like, you just Collingwood just didn't allow them to do it at no. all in the first quarter. They could barely get their hands on the ball. Yeah, that's the thing. Chris Main, I mean. 
we've got to stop calling him cash man. I'm going to have to start calling him Chris Mayne because he's almost worth that cash. I mean, had they had they got another couple of points and won the grand final, I mean, tell you what, like, what a final series that that guy had. Bloody hell. Yeah, not like only... Not all only, of a sudden, from the clouds... From the clouds, yeah. Not only has he turned his whole season around and justified the uh, the trade, he's he stepped up big time over the, in the final series. Incredible. So you can understand why Collingwood uh, did wow. go go after him and, yeah. and why Freo probably weren't so happy in letting him go at the same time. So. Yeah. Look, yeah, it, it, it's good good for for him personally. Obviously, he went through a lot of lot of uh, sort of struggles. You would you would think having come over and not being able to get into the side and mm. and his the, dad went nuts and it was very public. Was not, a lot of money that he was getting, a lot of money he was getting paid to be there. So <laughs> playing in the reserves, it'd have been the highest pay in the VFL, probably. Yeah. So oh no, Vickery. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> well, not even playing. Yeah. yeah, not even playing and getting cash. So <laughs> Can yeah. I do that? I'm I'm happy to not play. Awesome. Yeah, I'm happy to not I'll play. I'll go on 100 grand a year for not playing. Yeah, I'll go, I'll go 50 grand not playing. I'll just go in there, do podcasts for the club and stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Do some other stuff, pep talks. So, yeah. No, it, he was good. He's really good. He so. was good. It looked like in the first half that Darling and Cox weren't actually playing. Like, you and I were like, mm, are they on the ground? Because we were struggling to find them. Cox was not the uh, six foot thousand, you know, dominant unit that he was against now, Richmond. How can a six foot ten bloke disappear. go, go disappearing on uh, MCG? On David Copperfield must have been the entertainment Amazing. for the game because he, he he was able to make him disappear. Yeah, so, so he, that wasn't ideal. I mean, that didn't help, especially when he's one of their you know this ISO Cox is one of their weapons, and it just wasn't there. Yeah. Like, it, they they isolated him really well. I think the defence Hearn was excellent all day. Yeah, McGovern was very very good as well. And he well. built through the day, McGovern as oh. well. I mean, he was obviously unbelievable in the last few minutes, yeah. but he was excellent throughout the day. Given he's like basically like bleeding hip and he's like got one leg. Like he one was leg, pretty yeah. good. Born for grand finals. Yeah, very sort of Hodge style. He was amazing in the end. That like, we'll sort of skate through a couple of things, but that Ryan hit on Maynard like that that just flush. Yeah, that, shoulder was and, and amazing him, to watch in real time. Getting him off the ground for ten or fifteen minutes, it just reminded Smart, me. Yeah. reminded me of uh, Hanbury. Hanbury and you said that Ruffy. Right at the time, I was like, yeah. yeah. And that's <laughs> you do just target one of those players, get him clean, and and they can just he just ruffle. Too. Sorry, I don't pardon the pun. He ruffled the feathers a little bit of um, ruffle the eagles. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, I think that was a pivotal moment. Uh, really started to see that switch over uh, and it was, on the West Coast well, taking that, over. That's exactly it. And it was stuff like that from the Eagles that showed like just how good they are at steadying. Like they were so garbage to start. Mm. But I think they sat back and thought, no, we can't do this again. No, like, we can't. We can't do this again. Yeah. We have to show. And you see a lot of senior players stood up like Lacroix. While he didn't have a massive influence, he was clean around the ball. He was very smart as well. Yeah. Like last few years in finals, he he's gone missing in some of those big moments. Not because he's not talented, he's brain freeze and all that type of stuff. Yeah. So it was good to see uh, that from him. But like you said, Shannon Hearn was really really powerful and strong. Good leadership all yeah. day. Shuey, as we've mentioned a couple of times, and then McGovern built, Kennedy built. Um, I'd like to say Darling built. I can't. Darling is <laughs> no. Yeah. He was good. He we need he to do a whole separate good. podcast he's, on Darling. He's really good between the arcs, and I think that during big games, <coughs> don't yeah. play him deep. Just get him between the arcs, um, leading up because he's such a terrible. powerful mark on the on the lead. He did took, take some good grabs, but I mean, for me, a power forwards got their value in forward fifty kicking goals. But he did what he had to do, and um, obviously opened it up for Kennedy and the rest of the forwards to. Put some swirlbert pressure on. He, yeah, I mean, he. That's the thing. So, I actually thought the Pies mixed forward line, though, even without Cox, was actually doing pretty well to stay in the competition. Like I, you and I spoke. I honestly think. I mean, this is definitely the best I've seen a team play and lose a grand final. Definitely since Hawthorne in 2012, but it felt like St Kilda. 2010, that sort of, you know, 09 as well with the, you know, Hawkins. They just never go find and a way. Yeah, yeah. It, it honestly, it did, it felt like, like they were, that's the thing, like as much as there were things that weren't working, like Langdon was, as we said, unbelievable. Like there were so many pieces that were working so well. It's funny, like, so we watched this game and then 
watched it subsequently and then, you know, took notes and stuff. So we watched it initially and didn't didn't write any notes and just watched the game. I was surprised with some of the statistics. Like, I actually didn't think some of the stats would be the way they were. So disposal efficiency, 70 to 69, so basically the same. Contested, 159 to 162. So Collingwood won the contested. Collingwood lost the uncontested, so it's not as not as damaging, but one, yeah. 198 to 184. Marks inside 50, though, this is when it starts to get interesting. If someone had asked me at the end of the game the first time, what would you say it was? I wouldn't have guessed this. No. So it was 13 to 7. I didn't realize they had that many more opportunities. And then tackles inside 50, 27 to 17, 10 more tackles inside 50. And then the big surprising one, I did not think this was the case at all. Inside 50s, 63 to 48, West Coast lead. Like that is, I did not think they had that many inside 50. I knew they had more opportunities, yeah. but it didn't feel like they had that many more. Yeah, probably in retrospect, at the time I wouldn't have said it was that big. I would have said maybe 10 more to West Coast. Yeah. I just remember in the first quarter, it went in there just, they just couldn't do anything with it and it just kept coming back out. Just yeah. Collingwood's uh, defence was rock solid, especially in that first quarter and a, and a bit. Obviously, the second quarter was an arm wrestle between arcs mainly. And then, yeah, but that's huge. And I didn't know it was that brutal. No, you... Because that's pretty dominant. Very dominant. It's, it's if you look at the stats, you'd say, "Oh, they must have won by about four or five goals," but it was only five points. So, yeah, yeah, and that's the beauty about grand finals uh, and not having uh, more than the one game to to leave it all out on the line. You can have all the the stats uh, leads in the world, but end up losing the game. And we've seen that in a number of grand finals over the years. It's, obviously, this says a different story. The the winner did have the better side of the stats but the, the stats end, suggest, yeah. sort of suggest that it should have been a bigger margin which it probably should have had they kicked more accurately yeah I mean that's the thing it's an interesting scoreline because it wasn't like it was crazily inaccurate but yeah I mean that's the thing like it's, it still wasn't you know still wasn't totally ideal I mean West Coast could have been way further in front less than 50% efficiency in front of goal but so I mean so Cox has had one touch to half time which is obviously appalling you know Darling's had nothing and then after half-time, it was not the game that I thought was going to happen. I thought it was going to be another really just intense, tight, you know, really full-on game in yeah. that third quarter. Just, you know, Greco-Roman wrestling style. Yeah, wrestling sort of set up. But it was to 8-7 to 8-7. So it's the, there's only one other game, I think, I forget very Bruce McAvaney's style, he threw this up. It was like, I think I'm going to say 1937 was the only other year that a game has gone even at three-quarter time. So I'm pretty sure it's only ever happened once. I'm certain it's only actually not. I know it's only ever happened once. Uh, but I just don't remember the year. But that oh, was, wow. you know, it was a million years ago. It's nineteen thirty something. Yeah. So it, uh, which I was surprised. I was like, really? Like, what about like you know the draw and stuff? But I went back and had a look, and yeah, I, I couldn't see any. So that's interesting. They went completely even, dead even. Maybe it's it's eight seven eight seven, like literally even, rather than kind of like set sixty two sixty two. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, so it was that. That's interesting. But then. The back, so, so leading into the second half, all of a sudden Cox woke up. They finally started to get that going. Darling, you know, sort of got going. Obviously, has that ridiculous drop, which we'll get to in a minute in the fourth quarter. But the last quarter, I mean, like obviously 80% of time in forward half, Eagles. So That's unbelievable. I, I, that I was surprised about. Like in watching the game, I mean, it felt like, again, they had control. It felt like kind of 60%. I, I didn't realize that. The other thing that was really heavy in the back end of the game, a lot of really interesting things that you and I observed. So Eagles pretty much tagged Grundy, which was really interesting to tag a Ruckman. Yeah. Like that, that's the thing. That's how good, much of an influence he's had. Exactly. Years, really? And I think it's funny. They kind of let him off the leash to some degree in the back end of the game. But I think it was because they just didn't think he was going to be as damaging as, as you know, they didn't mm. spend as, time, as much time into him. You know, the Pies, the Pies really settled after three-quarter time. What's so incredible is they lose the game, but they kick the first two goals in the fourth quarter. Like, yeah, what think, is this game? Well, yeah, I, I was thinking, yeah, here they go. They've, they've actually turned over. They're ready to take home the, the flag, and they'll push through. But two goals, and that was basically all she wrote after that. Can you believe? Paddy Dangerfield, no flag. Vardy, flag. Flag. Vardy takes, so there's the, the Eagles. So Pies kick the first two in the fourth. Then Eagles kick the next two. Yeah. And that Vardy, that the second of those two, was unbelievable. unbelievable. Clutch as it comes. Yeah. He's so clean. Um, 
That kick in the la- in that last period too. Holy hell! Yeah, so his apprenticeship at Geelong has served him well for for this year. Mm. I think they've uh, trained him well. Now they're probably going shit. We could do with a ruckman in our team, especially yeah. <laughs> well, that's the irony, isn't it? It, it always is. happens like that. It, it does, yeah. It is luck of the draw, and you, you make those calls when you when you feel it's the right one. But good on him. He's he's got an opportunity, and obviously under not the best circumstances with Nick Nat being out, but he's taken it, and now he's a premiership player. So a couple of people really got through this game with the skin of their teeth. So Darling, obviously, you know, obviously that was just the most... How is it possible that he misses that? So... It was Milne-esque. Like, it felt... It was like, oh, no. So It was JR. If you're not an NBA fan, like, it was JR at the end of the finals. So let me pose a question to you. It's a very facetious type of question, as it usually is for me. If you're West Coast Brains Trans, do you keep Darling for the sole purpose of getting to a grand final and go, thanks, mate? Give him his bonus check and then just allow someone else to come in because had he dropped that mark and it falls loose and Colin can kick a goal, mm. hmm, different conversation. He's he's like, Mate, well, we can't, happens, we can't, we can't yeah. keep you on our list anymore because... You're crazy. You're absurdly <laughs> crazy. So, yeah. He goes from... So here's my summary of him. He goes from Carey to Casbolt in 10 minutes. Which is about as damaging as it can get, really. He's, he goes from he's literally one Mr. Minute, Jekyll and Hyde of the AFL. He's he? unbelievable. And then the next minute, it's like, oh my God. Like, my nephew can take better marks than that. What is going on? Yeah. Wow. I it's, know there's a lot of pressure and he's on the big stage. And I've never obviously played in the grand final. But I tell you what. that it, I mean, you have to look at it and think, holy hell. But it wasn't. It was a simple chess mark. There was no one. The defender wasn't even Sickening. close to him. So whether he gets these, mm. anyway, like I said, like it's, it's not it's, ideal. It's not ideal, and he probably needs you said to go sack him when we were watching the game. You looked sack at me him. and just went sack him. <laughs> oh yeah. If they I'm, lost that game, it's probably. I'm pretty. I'm pretty harsh on on players like that, <coughs> just because I sit there and go, "Hang on, you're a professional football. You paid a lot, a lot of money. Catch I, the ball. I get that there's some mistakes that all players are going to make, but dropping a simple chess mark, chess mark like that hmm. when there's hardly anyone around. I don't get. Hmm. And if you drop the ball in an office job like that, hmm. you would at least get a warning or you'd be shown the door, depending on which <laughs> office you're office working you're in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on Wall Street, you would get a bonus and yeah. say thank you, uh, off you go. Uh, if you worked at a little firm, you'd be shown the door. Another funny stat. So you're, you're, a re- you're the Rioli sort of, you know... Uh, research man kind of you know fan knowledge fan club number one <laughs> yeah. so Rioli so flag so yeah all three now yeah so they, like it, <laughs> basically in their first time at a grand final if you can get a Rioli flag so Cyril did it in 08 first year there yeah Daniel Daniel in 17. first or second year oh I think it was his second but, but still first year playing seniors correct yeah flag and Daniel, I'm oh, sorry, and um, Willie, Willie, first season, yep, flag, flag. So pretty. <laughs> so get yourself a Rioli son and daughters. If you, if you can get one, they're hard to get, but if, there's not a heap of them. But if you can get one, it's Mate, worth they, getting. It? No, there's heaps of them. They're a good item. Now with this new rule, we can get them from the state league. Just go and get all the Riolis from the NT league. Maybe Cyril, with his time off now, should just have like twelve children. Maybe. Just get him out there. Just we, pump him out. We need 18 more, we, we need. We need some more father-sons. One sons. for every team. Need some more father-sons at Hawthorne. That's true. Anyway. So, you, yeah, you, lead, you lead for all the game but nine minutes. That's got to hurt. Hurt. That's significant pain. Because that's not, that's not St Kilda pain. Because St Kilda were behind in pieces of that game and they basically pushed it in the end towards a draw. Like, they did lead in bits of it, but they... I, I never I don't have the numbers, but they... Oh, I, I, when Goddard took that mark, I thought, we're on here. And, and then when Lenny Hayes kicked that goal from, like, 65 out, I was like... Okay. I actually know... Oh, now we're, Lenny, now Lenny, we're Lenny on Hayes here. Goal, yeah, when, those two, when those two things happened, it was like, these are the moments that will solidify St Kilda's second flag. But something was in the wind and it never happened. Solidified something else. Well... The what? demise of that team. Well, pretty much, yeah. They all win here, I swear Sadly, but... No, Except not all of them. Just got up, really. But, oh, we'll get Stel Sander eventually in the end. But, yeah, look, it's... it's Yeah, to lead that long is is a struggle. So, you know, end of the first quarter, 2-2 to 5-1. Obviously, Collingwood lead 4-3. Uh, 
to 6-3 again and then even and then lose. That's got to suck. The only way, I, and I'm not big into this sport, but the only way I can sort of comprehend the sort of scenario that it must feel like for some supporters is baseball supporters and it gets down to the bottom of the the last innings, innings whatever. whatever it may be, because it can be the 10th, it could be the 13th or whatever, yeah. it just depends. And the team's always just kept their neck in front and then all of a sudden... Bases are loaded. Hmm. Well, we said then it, she hits it out of the park. Well, we've seen it before. And there's four that come home, and all of a sudden. I mean, in a sport over. that you and I follow only very recently, I mean, Golden State in the NBA were were three one up. Mm. Like they they had like multiple chances to close it out, and they kept yeah. losing it every time. The run would go no, and then fifth, again no. Fifth, fifth sets at Wimbledon, and then blocked by James, and it just yeah. just keeps happening. So, but no, it's it's a. It was a really, really intense game. I loved watching it. Uh, I think I'll watch it again in the off-season because it was... I reckon I will too. There's so much to watch. But, I mean, so let's, let's, so let's sort of pin some other pieces out of the game. So, the final... Uh, well, let's do the big one and get this out of the way because this is going to go for a little while and there's a, probably a few other things. But one thing, obviously, so that, that final scenario at the back end, so this has been debated all week and everybody's had a view really around it. But... Do you think so? The, the Sheed obviously kick and, and then he wins. So you know this this well not he West Coast win, but this incredible moment with Dom Sheed, who basically has played the gaff role post gaff. He got into the first. He was playing in the waffle. Came in, you know, started dominating, and then you know he's in a grand final. When he got that ball, and even outside of whether or not it's the right decision. You and I were like, he's not going to kick that. Like, the percentage to kick it from there. Could not have kicked it any straighter. It was one of the best kicks you've ever seen. It was flawless. And he kicked it at least three, four rows back. Like, it was just basically... It was like a perfect kick. He he literally could not have kicked it any any better. Better, yeah. So, I guess that's that, and that was mind-blowing. But, I mean, so do you think... Do you think that block on Maynard... Do you think the pie should have got a free to Maynard? Do you think that's fair? Because I, it, like, by the letter of the law, it was a block, and they have been cracking down on it. But the big problem is, and this is where it, it's going to be folklore discussion for decades, because of the nature of it and the fact that had Maynard been given a free kick, they're still up at that point. They're almost certainly going to win the flag, not guaranteed. Yeah. There's about two minutes twenty-five ish to go, something like that, off the top of my head, but probably going to win it. But again, like you will never know. It's we'll sort of know. like the Milne bounce. It's you'll just never know. Yeah, he bounces up to him and he gets it. Who knows? But and let's be honest. Do you think that? The, I mean, they, they obviously put the whistle. So there was four free kicks paid in the fourth quarter. That's it. And the overall numbers were low in general. So often it's about forty-five to fifty free kicks paid per home and away game. Yeah, but grand finals are never like that. exactly. They, they, so they it was something like grand final. I don't disagree. Yeah. So what? So what, what did you think about that moment? Was the right call? Yeah, for grand final, yeah. Yeah. So you think it was fair? Yeah, I thought it was fair. <laughs> Cully wobbles again. So oh, look, it's, <coughs> there's yeah. so much. I mean, okay, I, I guess it's kind of like the drop mark by Darling. Yeah. The umpires are still affected by the big moment in the crowd. Mm. So they probably mm. missed it, or they let things that are borderline go for the sake of the flow of the game. So this is the thing. If you argue that our game's being slowed down and made to look more like rugby because no, of the no, stop yeah. start. No, no, you, I know you're not, <laughs> no, no, but no, other yeah. people might. So, well, hang on then. Don't complain if the umpires let something like that go. They've got to get it more consistent. I actually don't like them changing the interpretations in finals mm. compared to home and away. Mm. I'd rather see it just be really consistent right across the year because then we don't have these conversations in a grand final. Because, I mean, had it happened in the second quarter, it's not a conversation, really. Yeah. It's because it's at a pivotal moment. It's such a close game. There were heaps of other moments oh, as yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you could dissect every minute of this game and pick up. Oh, hang on, this and that. But it's because it was. It's a contentious rule and a contentious call wasn't made, and a goal resulted in it. That's why it becomes bigger than Ben Hur. Mm. And I get why people are talking about. It, but for me, I thought no, nah, it's fine. And, and I still think West Coast would have gone on and. Won the game. Yeah, I don't think the umpire had enough time to think about this, but I thought about it at the time. I wonder whether he thought, oh, look, I'll just play the mark because he's probably not going to kick it from there. And then, of course, he kicks it. So the champion data says about 40% from that point. Yeah. So it's not, not high, but not high. he got it and kicked it flush straight through. So incredible moment. I, I'm kind of torn about it because by the letter of the law, 
Yeah, it's a blocked. It's a block, yeah. but because I, I don't think it was a realistic attempt for. I think uh, off the I mean, top of my head, it's Ryan, wasn't it, that was yeah. pushing off Mano. So I think is that a realistic attempt of a mark? Because the whole idea, I heard someone talking about. How, I heard. Uh, I think it was um, Jimmy Bartell saying that in those sort of moments, what you want to do if you're Ryan on Maynard, for example, you're wanting to create the block. I mean, this makes complete sense, but it was interesting hearing him talking about this so sort of, you know, blase, but he was just like, you just want to pretend you're going for a mark. And it's right, of course, mm. that's exactly what they're doing. And we, I think we sort of uh, uh, touched on that before, but like to hear somebody like so blatantly go, yeah, well, you just pretend. And it was like, oh, of course. Well, but that's, that's, that's the whole do. thing. Sydney's like, defence has been doing well, does it constantly, yeah. pretending he goes for marks. And but, it, it is, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> probably what it does is it highlights how hard and inconsistent or hard it is to um, call that Mm. Uh, interpretation of the rule, but it's so grey. Mm. I don't know. It's, I, I, I've never liked. Uh, I don't like the rule to begin with. I get why it's there. Your man, Clarko. It's been... just so hard. To, it's just so hard to interpret. And uh, how many <coughs> how many blocks have been missed throughout the year? In no. multiple games, in multiple times. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, look, it, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit torn, but at the same time, you know, I'd rather. Ultimately, we saw a great goal, didn't we, in the grand final? Well, that's the thing. I mean, we saw something that's going to remain in folklore for the rest of time, pretty much. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, look, two to six goals in time on. I mean, Pies just didn't finish quarters. It's hard to say that. Did yeah. not finish quarters very well. And that, that hurt them all day, is that constantly they would get ahead and then let them back in. Let them and back then in. they get ahead. And Linda back in. And that happened against Richmond as well. Yep. Not as efficiently, but it did happen as well. Yeah, so happened. get him ahead, and then see you later. So and that's... Can, cause you, cause and then it comes to buy you in the back end of the game, because you've left someone constantly sitting around the edge. And because it's not set time for each quarter, per se. Exactly. It can go a little bit longer. All, all that extra time can allow for those goals to happen. And it happens in soccer a lot as well. And it mm. can de- uh, obviously be the difference between winning and losing, and that's a big difference in uh, red time goals. Yeah. And the other thing too is, I mean, players all day, like it was such a high-level game, like players just kept executing all day. Like that's the thing, like oh, it was unbelievable on both goals. sides, like players were so, just executing constantly. So here's a stat that Collingwood fans, you probably want to mute this bit. So since 1960, Collingwood have appeared in 16 grand finals for two wins. Yeah. Their, their record, I mean, they've been to the most. But their strike rate is pretty low. 64, 66, 70, 77, which was the, the draw. And then they went back and lost to North the following week. Mm. Uh, 79, uh, 1980, 81, 1980 they hate, which is, yeah, that was a bit of a robbery. But still, 81, uh, 02. 02 was the real hectic one because they were so close. And Bucks won the norm in a losing grand they final. They had such a powerful side. That they year. dominated that yeah. year, really. I mean, yeah. So, 03, uh, 11, they, you know, sort of, they were led at parts of the day against Geelong, still lost, and then 18. So, yeah. 03, they were just beaten by a better team, I think. Brisbane, in terms of my lifetime. Um, 02, they were mind blowing. Yep. Yeah. Pretty Brisbane were sick of I mean, in year. more recent times, come up against some unbelievably good teams. I yeah. Mean, obviously, Brisbane, I still think they're the best team they're the best of, of, from 2000 onwards. I would argue the, eight, the 80s Hawthorne team, but that's over a much longer period of time. We're just talking over a three to five year period, that Brisbane side of the early 2000s. They're the best, the best. Type, And then they lost to Geelong, arguably in the top three in that era. Mm. Unbelievable. And then... When you look at West Coast's team finals percentage, I don't know if you saw the stats about this. No. They've got the most winning percentage of the last five years in finals. Right. Yeah, so compared to anyone else who's been playing finals, their their win-to-loss ratio is superior to everyone else. So they know how to win finals when, when they get there. So massive game. I mean, have so much you can talk about, but look, overall incredible finish to the year. I mean, that Dugowie goal. I mean, this is something that's been completely lost in in all the talk because obviously West Coast won in the end. But that Dugowie goal was unbelievable. Like those dodging two opponents, cut around the side, and scissor over was just absolutely crazy. Yeah. It, it... And that, again, it's another goal on a grand final that go, hang on, why is goal of the year handed out before all the games for the year are played? Same that as was so elite. So that's him, and obviously Hodges from a few years ago. Those two goals, 
almost or would go down as goal of the year because when you take into consideration it's grand final and the pressure and all that type of stuff, so they're right up there. The I so the other thing's the runner situation. I mean, I didn't think to be honest, I mean, I thought Adam's kick was not great. And I, I didn't think it was he was realistically gonna get there anyway. So. I don't I don't recall watching it. Yeah. So if it, it doesn't yeah. sort of affect the game when you're watching it live. I think we were a couple of wine glasses deep the first Probably. time around. Yeah. But the second time obviously I was sober the second time completely through the game and at that time I was like oh yeah that's right this happened but uh, yeah because I, I just watched it the next morning but I was like oh yeah I don't, I don't know I don't reckon Stevenson could have made that ball anyway like I, I don't know I just didn't I don't think I mean the guy was like ready to go to the Westgate afterwards and I hope he's okay because he seemed pretty pretty no yeah good, correct me but... if I'm wrong uh, that was Alex Woodward yeah and Woodward, yeah. came back from three knee reconstructions mm. had to retire from and Buckley like consoled him and stuff yeah. hey, that's pretty tough considering yeah. that not only didn't he get to live his dream out by playing AFL football, I mean, he did, but then it was he was robbed of it. But if he feels this bad that he may have robbed his team of a flag... I think he thinks it. Yeah, so... Not That's so why good. Bucks basically was, you know, like, are you okay, like, after the game? Because like, I think he was genuinely completely gutted by it. But the Trelaw thing's still going. So Trelaw, I think Collingwood are close to yeah. the flag than Richmond. That's still going. They are close. The problem is Richmond got the flag. Yeah, that's... That's one of the more harsher things I could have said. Yeah, but because he was brutal. He was I'm very, joking. Yeah. He was outstanding all day. And and obviously, when you're trying to pick a team, like if you're dealing with Shield right now, as an example, like it's so hard to know who the hell is going to win a flag. Like it, it is still probably Hawthorne. Not, not, Carl- not Carlton. Not <laughs> Carlton. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. you never know if they get all the other players that they're going after, which means they're going to have to offload half their list. Which is fine. Which is fine. rubbish yeah, anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean... But we'll no, get into that in the uh, next episode. In the next episode. But, yeah, look, Trelaw was excellent all day, jokes aside. Yeah. I mean, Kennedy, obviously enormous, you know, three goals, you know, it was a great return. Sheed was amazing and coming in so late in the year and then also, you know, basically filling aspects of that gaff role so well. What do you think, so, Norm? Obviously, we, we spoke a little bit about Shuey. Do you think that was the completely fair oh, yeah. nomination? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. miles ahead of the, the rest of the, the um, comp by the end of it. Had Langdon kept up his stellar start and a few of the other Collingwood players, it might have been a bit more sort of even, but he was clearly uh, West Coast pick. Yeah. He just, we just have a look at, he, he picked up, what, 37 touches. He had nine, eight or nine clearances. Uh, 34, yeah. 34. May as well be 37, um, yeah. Six, eight tackles, something like that. He was just everywhere. Eight he, tackles. Yeah, yeah he, he was just class. He, I think his efficiency was pretty high as well for a for a grand final. Yeah, yeah. he he just was elite. Yeah. yeah, just elite and did did it at both ends. So and, and obviously capped off with a goal there as well, which is what you want from a when you top midfielders. You want them kicking at least one or two goals in a granny. Yeah, Adams was so. If you haven't seen it yet, I haven't sent it to you. I meant to send it. I meant to send it to you. The Collingwood website had um, he was so. Uh, Adams was the player that they put up afterwards to, you know, talk to a bit of media, but the Collingwood media mainly and any other media around. If you haven't seen it, definitely go onto the Collingwood website and watch the interview. It's one of the rawest things you'll ever see. So it must be like an hour or so after the game, and he is completely strict. Like, he's just as raw as it gets as a sports person. And you can just see how much it means to these guys to to win. And it's, it's fascinating viewing. Like, it only goes for about six or seven minutes or so but it's really really interesting like as an outsider of someone that doesn't play an elite sport to sort of see wow that's just wild like the level that they want to go to but yeah it's just fascinating viewing I mean he was really beating himself up during it but I, I thought um, I thought he was still pretty good throughout the day I thought he was excellent as well he yeah. was definitely top three or four for Collingwood for me yeah. I thought he um, laid it all out in the but line there to not win is his main thing he was just like look it doesn't yeah. matter anymore I just don't care he's like if you don't win then you know what's it for yeah So, but it's it's, it's really intense viewing um, Crisp I thought was, was pretty good as well throughout the day Langdon was amazing early but he kind of dropped off but he was still pretty good I thought Phillips was okay Penderbury just he just didn't have it. Um, I thought Hoskinley was alright, but again, not not a lot. He had glimpses, didn't he? Glimpses, yeah. Sheed obviously has, was excellent, as we've said. I want Hearn again. Hearn was my um, tip for if the West well, I tipped the West Coast. So I, I thought Hearn would um, get the the norm, but in the end, obviously they're always going to get not always. I guess they, just recently it's been going to defenders. So yeah, thought, yeah, oh, yeah. It's been the, the back, Backman's award. Like, yeah, finally, Backman's got to get an award. Yeah, so but then comes a. A midfielder to 
Still their glory. Yo struggled, but then he really built in the back end of the game. Yeah, he's, he's have a look at our um, and last quarter were very good. Really, really good. Have a look at our Instagram. There's a, I put up a, a photo. I can't remember who took it. I think it was an AFL.com photo, but they've got they'll be the credit on there. Uh, a mark that he took, like amongst like six or seven kind of yeah. players. Like it's 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 Leo Barry style. Like that's the this this game just has so, hundreds of these. Just moments. little unbelievable moments. Yeah. I can't wait I to watch it again. Redham was really good again, and yeah. he's, he's proved himself as a AFL caliber uh, player now. Yeah, for sure. Brass, I thought was pretty good yeah, as well. Yeah, Brass like, was good. I thought he he held Cox really well and unlocked him down pretty much most of the game. I know Cox oh, yeah. got off the lead slightly, but I mean he basically held him down most of the day. But yeah, look overall, look fascinating game. Great finish to the year. Let's pose another question while we're there. Why are we changing the rules when we get a game like this? Yeah, exactly. I didn't see this discussed at all so far. And I get everyone sort of distracted by everything around the grand final. But So they went at 18-metre goal squares, starting positions, all this stuff. This is one of the classic games I've ever seen. And it didn't bother me that it wasn't high scoring. I have no problems with, with the scoring. Why are we changing the rules? I don't want them changed. I, for one year, just finally, just let whatever rules we had this year roll over to next year. Yeah. And then re- they're not giving... This is the thing. The the sample size mm. is basically nothing for rule changing. It's like, oh, it didn't work this year. Let's change it for next yeah. year. And then there'll be more problems. Uh, this, I, I cannot see how the 18-meter goal score, even if it was 15 meters... The goal square has nothing to do with anything. I, get rid of it, for all I care. No, that would yeah. be silly. There's too many things that that affect. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, just some of these things are ludicrous. I think the AFL would be great for them just to, you know, just breathe. Their existence is justified by the amount of cash that they bring in. Mm. That's it. Just close games, all they want. This yeah. is, but the, you know what the irony was? This game encapsulated really what's wrong with the overarching of the AFL. So they want close games. Got it. This is about as close as it gets. There's going to be bad teams all the time. Yeah. Even with new rules. Do they not understand that? Yeah. And Do they think, oh, I don't goal square. Oh, all of a sudden, Gold Coast are finalists. And the fact that compensation picks and the way the uh, draft order has been done for so many years yeah. is balanced out with the way free agents go. So if the fixture is rigged anyway. Yeah. So if people want, the free agents want to go to yeah. a successful club, they'll go there. Mm. So yeah, I just, I, I, hope they don't. I know they will because in their MO. Last eight scoring shots. So this shows the dominance in the back end of the game. Goal behind, 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 behind Collingwood. Goal West Coast, behind West Coast. Not ideal. Not ideal. Yeah, it's an, it's it's definitely a missed opportunity, I think, to a large degree. As as gallant as the Pies were, as good as they've been, you've got to feel like this is one that was let slip. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, you would... To lead all day and dominate the I mean, first quarter like that. And to the, take my hat off to Collingwood supporters, they have not been their filthy, rotten selves that they normally would be. Mm. Uh, they've been very gallant in defeat. And they, I think they're just all in shot because it really was the one that got away. And who knows? They, this might be the spark for next year or yeah. it could be uh, ball and chain around a couple of ankles. Who knows? So it'd be fascinating to see. I think Bucks will keep him in high spirit. So he's obviously got a very positive outlook. He's not too emotional when it comes to this type of stuff. Mm. Um, and he would have been able to uh, speak to his team post-match and obviously over the, the coming weeks about what needs to happen for them to improve and they'll just get on with it for next year. So hopefully hopefully they bounce back uh, there again because I thought they were one of the more exciting teams to watch this year. How about Liam Ryan and the redemption of Liam Ryan? So like early on, like he was, you know, not great. And then he has that, that contest where he pulls out and everyone's like, oh no. And then there's that drop mark and you think, oh no, like it just keeps going. But then that last play and... You know, that back end of the game, that mark from Vardy's kick, which wasn't great. Like, the, the McGovern kick was mind-blowing to, to Vardy. Vardy, yeah. Like, got him flush. Like, that was about as good of a kick as you could have had. And then the question, of course, just to pause that for a second, should Degali have run with McGovern? I think the, the question, the answer is, I mean, surely yes. But at the same time, I get the whole point of if you leave your opponent, if you because he, he's completely left. So McGovern and Degoya, if you missed the back end of the game or, or don't remember, so McGovern and Degoya are on each other. Ball comes into the, the pies inside fifty. McGovern runs forward, 
takes a mark. Like, completely outruns... Dugowie. Completely. And everyone else. But Dugowie looks like he hangs back. It's not just that he can't catch up with him or anything like that. He just thinks, oh, well, what if the ball goes over his head? I think he thought the ball was going a lot further forward than it ended up doing. I think he thought off the boot that it was going significantly further. I don't think you can blame him. He had an amazing game. Yeah, I think like, McGovern I, just read the, the incoming ball. The play better, better, better. That's what he does. More maturity, yeah. That's him, his, it, it's literally almost all he does. Everyone. Yeah, 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 intercept marks. That's he, he may as well call him intercept mark man. Yeah. He, that's basically what he does. Yeah, and that's why yeah, I don't, so I'm lucky. I don't think, Can't blame him I don't think for that. McGovern, no. yeah, um, that's harsh. Dugowie had anything no. there. Like, obviously, yeah, maybe, maybe go back and speak to his coaches about how we can read the ball coming off the boot better mm. but he learns so he's young. 20 he's going to be he's going to be a joke <laughs> yeah I know he's 20 yeah I hope we get a, a Richmond Collingwood grand final next year it's going to be a mix or... between Dusty and um, what's the old mate that played for Cats CVJ he's, ma- he's a match but Doesn't mix anymore, between but those did, two yeah. did yeah imagine seeing a Richmond Collingwood grand final given how good those teams are going to be next year be very good yeah no, there's a lot look, season 19 looks amazing but then so obviously that, that kick from Vardy across to, to Ryan was nowhere near as good, but that mark from Ryan was elite. And then to get it across to Sheed, and then also to have the 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 poise to think, I'm, I'm not going to wait for Langdon to get up and, you know, man the mark and all this sort no. of rubbish. Just grabs the ball, plays on, runs around it, belts it across. Yeah, it was, it was incredible. You had a great turnaround in, one, in a game. Yeah, like, that's Some people can't have that turnaround in a year. In a year. Yeah, in a, in a that's what I was game. saying, yeah, like, in terms amazing. of redemption. Like, it was, he, he went from, you know, horrendous game really oh yeah uh, on the big stage to oh no like, especially that non-contest wow. like you said that non-contest at a mark and he felt ashamed like he, he obviously oh, had a was very bad moment he was like what did I what? Yeah. oh shit I've got 100,000 live people looking at me yeah. and 4 million yeah on the other end. And I look like I don't side. belong here. Yeah, so, no, good on him. For, but Jetta got his back. arm around him, and that's the thing. Like, as Jetta didn't have a great game, but that was fantastic mm. leadership for him to, to go up to Ryan and just be like, it's fine. We're going to need you late in the game. Yeah. So, just forget it. Forget Just Stop. get on with it. We're gonna, the siren goes, we're going to go, we're going to calm down now. We're going to come back again, and, and we'll start as if it's the start of the game. Yeah. So that, that was that was elite, and then obviously Sheed's goal was was unbelievable. I mean, there's just, there's so much that we could keep discussing, but I think we'll we'll probably leave it there because we want to do a, a preview as well of the upcoming trade period. There's heaps to discuss out of this, but I mean, yeah. you could really kind of go on and on. But we've done a solid hour. I reckon that's that's pretty good. If you've got any questions or things you want to ask us around the grand final or think other things you'd like us to chat about. Yeah. Out of the game, I think we, we touched on a, a fair few of the kind of more major moments of the game and, and went through the quarters and the stats. But if there is something that, that we've missed, definitely um, yeah. shoot us up on you know social or anything and like that. We don't that. want to completely replay what happened play by play Can't, because yeah. I'm assuming most of our listeners all sat down and watched this grand final. It's not, like a, yeah. Yeah. it's not like a regular season where you might only get to see one or two games throughout the, the, the week. Round, yeah. The week, yeah, you get to see one big game and get excited about it. But just on that note, just completely off the topic of the game, hmm. do we need to get rid or reconsider what we do for pre-game entertainment? Yeah, I didn't touch on this. I was thinking about bringing it up earlier, but I thought, oh, look, I mean, the Black Eyed Peas are rubbish, but I mean, the main reason it didn't work was it just the wrong environment, wrong place. They were out of tune, but aside from that, like, it's just in the day, massive ground. Like, it just yeah. doesn't work. No. Like, it just didn't suit it. And obviously, we can't go back to the way it Barnes used to be. was fine. Yeah. I oh, need Barnsley. He would have just got up for the moment because it's Aussie yeah. stuff. And He's Barnes. It's Barnes. But do we go back? I mean, obviously we can't go back to the way it used to be, which was under 19s and then a reserve and then the the um, the big song or the big dance, I should say. I'm sick of the dance. The dance, yeah. Let's have something else. The duke. So do we do an exhibition game or is that is this is the time where... Oh, I like it. Yeah, yeah. Or consider because it's only, what, two and a half months before AFLW season proper starts... Do they do uh, an all-stars lead-up, just yeah. the women? Something like that. To showcase what showcase the game can be. to be to a massive, massive crowd. Not That's true. Because I think international and how many people are going to be... Because everybody wants to get their seats. So there's so many people there already. Yeah, they're going to have 80,000 minimum probably just sitting there mm. watching. That's true. So, I mean, it's a good idea. I mean, look, I think we've got to stop paying for these big acts to come over. Well, big acts, suppose the big acts, often washed up acts. I mean, it's just like the Logies getting, you know, Matthew Perry or somebody like that, some, you know, cope yeah. rap unit from like the 90s. Charlie Sheen. 
some unit like that to come and like present an award. And it's like, yeah. look, this Who are they? Who cares? I mean, the Logies already is a bit of a joke. But then on top, we have such a small industry, but on top of it to bring some rat unit out from the States. Uh, please. I mean, look, the reality is, let's just be ourselves. Like, yeah. You know, it, it's it, it's just you know the, the great plenty of the things that work in, out there. Exactly. I mean, the things that work in Australia really well is when I think in Australia we just think, you know what, just forget it. Like, let's just be what we are and 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 make that good. And whatever that is, we'll figure it out. Yeah. And that's the thing. And it's like there's so much quality Australian music and wine and so so many different things that have gone through that methodology. So that that for me, I mean, yeah, it's poor. I think yeah. I, I get it because it's a big sport. You know, financially, it's the seventh biggest sport in the world. The Avos is a very big sport now, given how small the country is, like compared to you know, like a states or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, I think we got to stop doing that. I think look, there's so many you know interesting Australian artists that you could get um, that would be you know not it's not so much about the money, but it's more that would be more suited to the game. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and then I agree with your point. I think yeah, you could definitely do a showcase of AFLW as an example or, you know, some, something along those lines and, and showcase, you know, maybe even do a, um, uh, you know, like an A-grade sort of talent from the upcoming, the, about to come up, the, you know, the kids yeah. coming in next year. So, you know, you show off your, your um, you know, young players that come, Sam Walsh and people like that. So, yeah, yeah look, that's, that's definitely something. But, yeah, because, I mean, not that it yeah. was my thing, but it's definitely unique and very Australian is having the longest kick over the arrow. I like that. It's not my thing. I didn't get overexcited and I'm glad That's I didn't. But at least that is what you're saying. It's quite unique and mm. various. Oh, we've got a river there. Let's see if anyone can kick across it. Mm. So It's pretty bogan. It's I pretty like bogan. It. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's true though. Like jokes aside though, like I do, I, I think that's more interesting and, and I prefer that. I don't. I don't want to see Black Eyed Peas no. kind of try, struggling to get some I'm stuff together. I'm just being the flying man back um, instead but of having like, a moon bar. Just... How many years though? Like it's never worked. Like my life didn't work. That didn't work. The killers, I mean, killers were, were fine. fine, but they were better. They were, had Jack better in not, the back end, yeah, though. Had yeah. Jack not got up and sung with them, mm, post no one would have thought about that. They would have gone, oh yeah, yeah they're okay. yeah, they're fine. Yeah. That's a very good point. They they were very Jack much blown them. up by Jack. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's very true. So thanks so much for listening, guys. We really appreciate it. Definitely hit us up on social media at AFL Deep Dive, AFL Deep Dive at gmail.com. Check out Beyond the Game, hopstome.com.au. Our sponsor has been really good. Yeah. All year, thanks so much for listening. Really appreciate it. We are going to continue though, so no need to unsubscribe. So I know a lot of shows basically finish after the grand final, but we are going to go right through and we're going to break down the season reviews right into October and November. So we're going to do the trade period coverage, obviously, and then after that, we'll do season reviews for every club throughout um, sort of you know late October and then right through November and then AFLW and then we're going to cover AFL stuff as well so we're really only going to be off maybe a month six weeks yeah it's not going to be long so we, I'll definitely keep the subscription going because we're going to be um, coming into your feeds pretty soon so we've had a lot of fun this year it was a you know a made up sort of thing where we thought you know why, why not just do it let's just see how we go at it it's um we we kind of do this normally anyway, so it's been fun to record. Has been good. We've re- we've really loved all the feedback, and and everyone seems to really like it, which is exciting. Yeah, yeah. And we love doing the stuff with Beyond the Game, which sort of opens up a whole other you know load of doors as well, which is cool. Absolutely, so yeah. so I really appreciate everyone listening uh, week in week out. That's uh, it. But obviously, this is not the last no, show. No. We've still got a number of episodes, as Trent just pointed out. So look forward to. Doing this again soon. We'll see you in a couple of weeks though with yeah, you on the game. Absolutely. Thanks guys. See you guys.